0: all right, kitty up. Here we go. It's season two. Welcome.
1: Welcome to you too. This is very exciting.
0: It is indeed. I just got
1: nervous. This feels very official. Why? I don't know. We're talking about money again. I know. With some wonderful people.
0: Do you know, on my limited travels, money is the one thing that people can all agree doesn't get talked about enough.
1: A hundred percent. Like we've come
0: a long way societally and a lot of the things that we never used to talk about, money is still in the dark shadows.
1: In the dark shadows. And we hear it from people of all ages. It's not just people who wish they knew more when they were younger. It's people who right now are in school not learning about money or people who are just out of school paying bills for the first time. It seems to be a universal problem, but we're here to solve it. Yeah. Just
0: By one talking. podcast
1: at a time. Yeah, with words. <laughs> with words.
0: Who knew that words were the balm that could soothe the money-shaken soul? <laughs>
1: I, I did not know it was the bomb, but we have someone who is the bomb to talk about money with us for the whole season.
0: She's the bomb.ca.org.
1: Dot, dot org, even. Yeah,
0: as we say in Canada. Um, Alicia McCarville joining the ranks of Your Two Cents, the podcast. Welcome.
1: Welcome. Thank you for having
2: me. And you're not just here for this episode. You're here for the entire season to talk money I with us. I am super excited to talk to people about money. I don't really know what, what my credentials are, but... I think I've learned a little bit over the last...
0: Maybe that's all the more reason why you're the perfect person to be here because you've been very vocal about your relationship with money, which has not always... It wasn't love at first sight.
2: No. We're still not the best of friends, (laughs) but we're working through it.
0: You've come a long way. What is your uh, relationship with money historically?
2: Uh, Not having a lot of it. Uh, Finding it in cool places places like doing cool old jobs and you know, I've always been able to make money. I've always been able to support myself, but I've never had a lot of it. Um, and I owed a lot of it to a lot of different people for a long time. So we're no longer in that boat, but we're still trying to find the coolest ways to make it and then the best places to put it. I feel like I've moved into that realm.
0: Of- you know how they say the best way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time. When you had a daunting debt load did you find it was best to look at it as a big looming thing or kind of chip away at it? What was your strategy to get out of that situation?
2: Um definitely a little bit at a time. Like it is what it is and I think reminding myself that the majority of human beings carry debt. Like I mean, the majority of people carry debt till they die and that is just the truth. Um so reminding myself that being in debt wasn't a bad thing. And I think there's this level of shame that holds people back from actually doing things for themselves because they're so scared to talk about it or they feel ashamed with the debt that they do have that it holds them back. It definitely held me back. It held me back at least five years of of when I should have started doing things about my debt. Um, and I think now that's why I enjoy talking about it is because I wish I would have known then what I know now. And that's the shame that surrounds money is not something that should exist. And the only reason why I feel that shame exists is because we just don't sit down and have honest conversations about it. We put it in the shadows Mm -hmm. and we don't like to talk about it. But that's also how Alicia got here. She
1: came on the podcast last season and we had an amazing conversation about this whole debt journey and how it was so connected to your relationship with how you felt about yourself. It wasn't just about money. It was about everything. And that really resonated. And we found found that common ground about, oh, no one's talking about this. Like, let's get real and then she joined us as the host of your two cents the show and that's been really really so cool fun. and fun and you've also met so many people who have shared this same story didn't have a lot of it didn't know what to do with it didn't want to talk about it or people who came from money but still didn't talk about it so it's not even just about not having it and not knowing what to do when you came into it or not knowing how to get it out of a bad situation lots of people with money still have no idea how they got to have money in the first place. So we're so happy to have you this season to sit down and talk to all of our amazing guests because there's so much to talk about. We're not even going to cover it in this season, but we're going to do our very best to have some fun with it so that I it's can't not wait. so scary.
2: I can't wait.
0: Well, I have a theory that in relationships, there are three categories that people need to kind of be aligned on. One is kids, whether you want to have them or not. Um, the other is social life. If one of you wants to be home on the couch and the other one wants to be in Cancun, Um with 12 other couples, you have to be aligned on that. And the third one's money. And whether you have it or you don't, you have to both kind of agree that your approach to spending it or saving it is the same. Because if one person is buying Fendi bags and the other person is rolling pennies, that is going to be a source of friction uh, over time.
2: I think that that is a funny thing to say because me and Scott are so polar opposite but I, we've always been on the same page with how to find a common ground. So I, like, I, he's an introvert. I'm an extrovert. Our time spent is completely different. But we agree and know how to communicate on when it's too much for him and not enough for me.
0: So what is your approach to money, though, each I of you? Spe-
2: I spend he saves. And we're, we communicate so well that we can have open and honest conversations about when I feel like he's not spending enough. And he has the ability to have conversations with me around when I'm... Spending too much. What would be a circumstance <laughs>
0: under which he's not spending enough?
2: Oh, my God. Like wearing
0: socks with holes in them still? Like you yeah, could probably throw those out. Yes.
2: By? Yeah. Like this, we're talking about a man who has a T-shirt that I bought him in high school and it's still within wearable condition. Shoes that I bought him in high school, but then has no ability to justify buying a $300 pair of shoes. Do you know who should not be buying $300 pair of shoes? Ew. Me. Right. Me. Because I don't wear them enough. I don't take as good care of them. So that's, I, I think, where we complement each other really well is that we. I push him to buy the things he deserves and should have. And he tells me when I d- don't deserve and shouldn't have the things that I think I do and sometimes. And that comes in with having really good communication. But I agree those three things are definitely the three areas that you have to be able to work through. And um, he doesn't plan a single thing, so he can't really complain about the money I spend on on adventures. But we both agree that that's where we want to spend the majority of our money.
0: Is- well, and speaking of relationships and money and relationships with money, Sylvia, you have – Uh, curated a series of questions designed for couples to discuss, right?
1: Absolutely. So I kept thinking about that. Money is such an important part of a relationship. I've also been with my husband for 15 years. We've gone through lots of different stages in life where we've been students or we've had money or not had money or your whole life changes and you've got to figure out what you're going to do next. So I went and scoured the internet for the questions you should be asking regardless of the phase in your life. So if you're fresh into dating someone and you're about to move in, what can you talk about if you're about to pop the question to someone? What should you be asking someone? If you're going to have kids, what should we talking about? And this is a... Uh
0: or if you're in the sunset of life, like <laughs> me. <laughs> Is that what I'm doing <laughs> exactly. here?
1: Exactly. This is actually an intervention. Okay. What are you doing? I'm the old guy. You're Got the it. old guy. So this is, Um. I thought it'd be fun if we actually asked our, each other these questions about money since we already like talking about money. Well, why not talk about them here? Fun. Before we dive in, I just want to say that we're so excited to do this season with credit unions. They believe in talking about money and they support small businesses and people who maybe have been overlooked because they're trying to own their own businesses and have been bypassed by other financial institutions. So their approach to money is actually really honest and real and supportive. And it's been a really cool opportunity for us to make this podcast because they really support our journey of real people talking to other real people about money. None of us are financial experts, but we're real people. And we've also lived a lot of life.
0: And we hear time and time again from small business owners who are like, I was overlooked by several major institutions Um, And credit unions uh, took a flyer on me and my dream. And I love that.
1: Big time. And they're thriving. And that's what the backbone of our communities are made up of, small business and entrepreneurs. And so it's a fun thing to be able to have them on board. They're also
2: just wonderful to work with. Yeah. Yeah. It's been made filming this season so much fun and just, I think, a more engaging I feel like they're super committed to having conversations about money that aren't your typical across the table with an expert conversation and more of a let's have fun conversations about a tough topic so that you can feel comfortable walking through the doors and and, and talking to the experts.
0: Also, if all they ever did was be the first financial institution to lend money to women in their own name, they're already like the coolest ever, 10 right? 10. That's something that we learned 10. this year on credit Cab, right? <laughs> yeah. Sure
1: is. So why don't we dive in? I think we can each take turns asking each other these questions and we can all answer them to see what's up. Do you want me to start?
0: Yes. Is it um, game show rules where we each get one pass?
2: Oh, sure. Okay. I wish we one pass. Why is there a question on here? If you already <laughs> look I don't know. You I, I skimmed them. I, uh, sure. Do can we... a pass. Do we get one veto where we can veto someone's pass?
0: Oh wow! One oh, overturn. I like that. Okay, okay, so if the I other can, two I'm agree, I you sweating. can overturn a pass. Oh, this is good. This just got good.
1: <laughs> if this room wasn't already hot enough, what's I the am first question? Okay, who paid
0: <laughs> I want to front load my pass. Veto. Yeah. What? Oh, brutal.
1: you wrote it all. Okay. Darn it. Who paid the bills in your house growing up?
0: Uh, No one. (laughs) And that was (laughs) a source of some (laughs) challenges. That's
2: why we're here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Who physically paid them? My mother. Uh, She is the one who does anything and everything that has to do with the books, financial institutions. We even have like a nickname for when we need to call and have a tough conversation with someone. We call it pulling a Shauna because like we go in with all of our – or we know what we're gonna say. We're prepared for it. She just was that person when we grew, were growing up. So she she paid all of the bills, uh, but my dad did the majority of the manual labor uh, that brought in the money. While well, she wasn't working, which she worked two jobs. My parents just worked a lot, but my mom was the physical person who went and paid the bills. Um, I don't know if my <laughs> I don't know if my dad actually knows how. To pay a single bill. But
0: so do you know, like, what were the Shaunas that she had to have over the years, like with the power company? Or yeah, like, like, who's she straightening out? Like,
2: for instance, when we were talking about my landlord, my previous landlord. Like, I would call that pulling a Shauna. Like, I brought up history chats, that conversations that I had an email because I knew I right. might need to use them in On the On April future. 3rd, I texted a, you at yes. 4.12 p.m. Yeah. We call that pulling a Shauna because she's always taught us to be, like, super smart when we're, like, having conversations about serious things. So, yeah. Or vetoing, like, I know that if Scott is having a tough, which we talked about this in the first podcast, when Scott was handling his debt... Which was partially my dad. He was the sole name on the account. But I know that legally over the phone, anybody who's the sole account holder can give permission verbally to have somebody else handle it on Mm. the phone. So during that interaction, that was uh, me telling in Scott's ear being like, ask her if your wife can speak for you. Ask her if your wife can speak for you. And he was just terrified. But we would call that pulling a shawna, like stepping in and taking over and handling. I it. love that. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. But she pays she pays the bills, and he probably still to this day doesn't know how. Who paid the bills to, in your
0: house? I
1: don't know. Money was talked about so little in my house that I could not tell you who paid the bills in my house. Literally no idea. Until my parents got divorced. Then obviously they had to pay their own
0: bills. Right.
1: <laughs> prior to that happening, could not tell you. How bills were paid in our house, because no one talked
0: about it. Well, luckily, I was from a single-parent family, so it was very clear there's only one option to pay the bills. Um, But one thing I would just like to say as a banner piece of advice for these pulling a Shauna moments, emojis have no place in business (laughs) correspondence. I don't want an emoji from someone at the bank with one eye closed and the tongue sticking out, like, it's Friday, (laughs) (laughs) No, that is for social interaction. Yes. I don't want an LOL in a business correspondence. And please, I urge you to exercise restraint in using acronyms and emojis in that type of transaction. Morning, Brian. (laughs) Wondering about my mortgage? No. No. Mm -mm. It's serious.
1: And it's your money. I had this exact issue with a vendor recently for our home renovation who sent, I don't know how much money you still owe me, LOL. No. No. Well, you just ruined your own credibility. I'm If you don't know how much I owe you, LOL, you should be ashamed of yourself. And yes. I'm laughing out loud at your stupidity. So yeah, don't do it.
0: LOL doesn't also erase the tension, the good tension that you're building up in a tersely worded email. Yes. Um, okay, next question. Do you, How much do you think a vacation should cost? Sylvia. What
1: you can afford. So if you would like to have a break and you want to escape somewhere, I think go somewhere within your means. If it's something that you is a big dream vacation, save up, make a budget plan, or if you can't afford it and you know you want to borrow money to do that, have a plan to actually pay it off when you come back. But I think it's what is in your
2: means and what you're comfortable taking on. Alicia. That was a very strategic answer. Um, I think that I agree with Sylvia, but I also think that if you're going to splurge on anything, that vacation would be where you should make the decisions to treat yourself to experiences you might not normally get at home. So I think vacations should seem like they're a little bit out of reach because you're doing something that you haven't done before. You're experiencing things you haven't experienced before. So that's coming from a biased side of that's where I spend my money.
0: I think joy has been at a uh, premium for the last couple of years. And I've noticed on my um, travel since the world is open. People are taking advantage of it. And I think if you're going to go on a trip of a lifetime, you shouldn't stay at the Rat Inn. Yeah. I think that can um, chip away at your joy (laughs) and your food bag uh, if you stay somewhere that's disgusting. So um, make it memorable, make it count. And even if it has to be like, I'm going to stay two nights in an okay hotel and a third night in a hostel to just kind of cobble together a nice experience, I don't think schlepping a wet backpack full of moist, moldy clothes around multiple countries is uh, the way to go. So if you're going to go, go and enjoy and figure it out later.
1: Especially because travel is so important to learn and to make memories and do all the things. It would just suck to come back and go, oh no, what did I just blow all my money on? But I agree, it should be memorable and fun and investing in the things like a good roof over your head so that
2: you when you come back from a wonderful experience you're not scared of the rats eating your yeah snacks. exactly yeah and like asking people for support yeah. like we went to vegas and we shouldn't have spent the money we spent on the hotel we went to the first time we went but at the same time outside, are you gonna
0: remember the money you spent or are you gonna remember well the, the
2: first time yes the turned. first time it was outside of our means and looking back at it we could have saved the money we didn't spend much time in the in the actual hotel when we went that time so we could have stayed at a little bit of a less, but we were like, we're in Vegas. So I, I think asking too for like feedback from other people that have traveled places, like I don't think it should be a crazy expensive, but I also think that like there's ways to save but still have a good experience.
0: Sylvia knows this story. I was working in Vegas and staying at Caesars Palace and I got to my room at two in the morning after a long flight and there was a half-filled champagne flute and some leftover te- uh, takeout Mexican food on the counter. And one of the beds was unmade and the other one was made. And I was so tired. I called the front desk and said, can you promise me that no one's going to come back like, mama say, mama say, mama you <laughs> like at four in the morning after partying all night. They're like, we're pretty sure they're gone. So I was like, great. I slept in the bed that was made and woke up in the morning and went to work and came back and there was a baseball hat on my coffee table. And part of me was like, am I sharing a room with someone who gambles all night and they come home in the morning to sleep it off when I go to work? Because cost saving wise, sharing a room with a night gambler in Vegas <laughs> is a way to make your vacation cost less. Sure. There you go.
2: Um, okay, so obviously we talked about me and paying off my debt over this last year, and I've cured debt since then. Um, but do y'all have debt?
1: I have a mortgage, so yes, I sure do. But I try and live without credit card debt, and you know we just live through a massive renovation and one of the big points of pride was like when we come out of that the only thing we owe on is our mortgage and yeah i and like i use credit cards for daily life but those are you know paid off in the month or whatever but yeah it's my mortgage and that's something like i worked really really hard to pay off my student loans so those are gone now and it's just my my mortgage
0: one of the things i learned from credit unions actually is that there's such thing as good debt Um, We've talked about this before, good debt and bad debt. A university degree, for example, is in theory good debt. Um, I'm luckily married to an accountant uh, who takes great pride and is very conscientious in making sure that uh, we make good decisions. It's not my default. It's not my instinct. Um, So same, we have mortgages. But in uh, my business, which is so turbulent, I'm always looking for things that are steady. And I think at the end of my life, the decisions, which I'm very close to now. I <laughs> As think you keep
1: bringing up. The decisions so that closely. I've made
0: um, in real estate will prove to be the smartest ones I've made. So I have uh, mortgages, but it's also, um, that's the retirement plan. So no, no debt per se, unless you count mortgages.
2: I have no debt except for my Jeep which is good debt because I cleared my debt off completely and then owed nobody money, which is also confusingly not good for your credit score. So I have my Jeep, and that's, that's it. It's the only, person, only people I owe money to. But is that's that
0: – I, I don't know if that counts as debt, does it? You have a car payment. Is that debt?
2: Um. Well, I mean because it's outstanding to the bank, I guess. I mean in my brain it's not debt because I could just pay it off, but I, in order to maintain my credit score and in order to – look like I owe somebody money, which is what affects your credit score. Right, You have to, like, so no debt aside from my car.
0: I, came, I remember hearing recently uh, a great approach is to buy things that uh, appreciate in value, like a house, and lease or rent things that go down in value, like a car. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because that's not a money-making endeavor. I remember my mom always said a car is a privilege. It's not a right. It's not an investment. It's kind of a necessary evil.
2: I remember when I purchased my very first car, I also had just gotten my license. And I remember going through because I needed my parents. In my brain, I needed mom or dad to co-sign on it because I just wasn't sure if I was going to be able to – if I had enough credit for myself. And I remember this little portfolio that I put together on my 2015 Civic that I was going to buy and how much it would cost me and whether or not it would depreciate significantly and how much I could sell it for the – after the seven years that I was going to pay for it for. And I remember like presenting that to my mom and being like, will you come with me just in case I don't get accepted on my own? And she was like, yeah, sure. So, but I did the exact same thing with my Jeep. Like after your seven years of like, that was the one thing mom taught me. It was like, well, how can you, how much can you sell it for? If you're going to pay for it for seven years, is it going to be worth half the value or a quarter of the value or, and to take a look at that. So um, I did that with my Jeep too. But. So you
0: pulled a Shauna with Shauna?
2: <laughs> I pulled a Shauna. I've pulled <laughs> many Shaunas on Shauna. It's actually quite impressive. Does she know
0: it's happening? She
2: knows. Yes, she knows. She must when be I dropped happy. out of university, I pulled a Shauna on Shauna. And she couldn't say anything because I it was her own methods. So <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> okay. When you grocery shop or in general, I guess, do
1: you prefer generic or brand named goods?
0: I didn't know grocery shopping specifically was going to be an aspect of this question. I thought it was in general. Do you prefer name brands or? Oh,
2: you can take it wherever you want. Huh? Why? Well, I, I think it's general. a different answer. I think for me, it's just different all over the place. Like I yeah. have the foods that I prefer that are name brand or or no name. Yeah, and then I have like the clothing brands that I like that are name brand that I enjoy spending my money on, and others that. I don't need to spend as much money on. So I think it kind of varies in... But I am i don't... I'm not like in the grocery like which one should I... To be honest, I'm still quite cheap when it comes to my groceries, which is like a weird thing to be cheap about. But I am. The least amount of money. I, like, and I think are that comes you, from my history. I would
0: drive from one grocery store to another because I'm something's on one sale cheap? I'm only going to one place. Okay.
2: No, I'm not going to multiple places. I'm only going to one place. But I think like the history of us not being able to like pay bills at one point has like really... Escalated our ability to like micromanage our grocery list to make sure it falls underneath a certain like number. So, like, but I don't really have a preference unless it's cheese.
0: Like, would you have. <laughs> See is a Unless preference. it's
2: cheese. Would That's you important. have.
0: We're having corn tonight because it was on sale or I got these pork chops because they're almost expired and they're marked down. Like, are you that conscientious a grocery shopper? Well,
2: like if I'm choosing between the salads that are there and I know I'm going to eat it within the next 48 hours, I'll purchase the one that's on sale and not spend the money I'm on the that. same
1: way. And I think it comes from the same place when you have had to like pick up your pieces again and you're like, okay, can I afford that? I get a real thrill out of getting groceries on a deal, but I also, I do go to two places, but that's because I go to Costco and then the traditional grocery store because I know that that bag of spinach will cost me half the price at Costco. And if I go to the other place, I just can't – I can't justify spending six bucks on a tiny bag of spinach when I know I can get the same thing for three bucks and get twice as much. So I I am that conscious – and I have a deep freezer. Like, I'll buy my meat and freeze it. I will spend money on other things and not think twice about it. But I'm like, chicken? 50% off? Come with me. (laughs) I – Like, it's a a point of pride for me on getting my grocery bill as low as humanly possible.
0: I am aware of the concept of false economy, which is driving an hour and spending $30 (laughs) in gas to save 25 cents on ground beef. Yes. But I am highly aware of uh, how food insecure our province is and our part of the world is. And it's no joke, like, to see – food prices soaring and you see it in restaurants and you see it in grocery stores. And I don't know what the end game is. Yeah, read an article on the weekend about a couple whose mortgage went from $2,800 a month in Toronto to 4400 Wow. That's not uh, feasible for 99% of the population.
1: hundred percent. Even things like I have allergies, so I have to buy certain things if I want to eat them, that I can't mess with where they come from. So cheese is an example for me. I can eat goat cheese. There's only one goat mozzarella that exists. It's almost $10 Whoa. for that block of cheese. It's just from a goat. Yeah. They're everywhere. It's
0: cheaper to get a goat, bud.
1: Yeah. So why am I paying? Just get your get goat, bud. pay. I can get you a goat
0: for, <laughs> goat. I I a goat go. for
1: $90. <laughs> for real? Yeah. I might not even hate that Yeah. They're lousy.
0: Like they carry lice and they are hard to fence. Lousy. But they, yeah, they're Is that lousy. A term? They're lousy.
2: Lousy. That's lousy? the origin
0: of lice. Like I didn't know that. Yeah, they're, cu- they're lousy.
2: Oh, yeah. I learned something new.
1: Yeah, you they're covered know. in lice. I just told someone last week I didn't want to get lice. Just last week. And if I get a goat, well, I feel like I'm goat. really going to.
0: Friends of mine go back rescued on that. a white goat. Do you want $10, goat goat $10 Alpine, cheese or do you
1: want lice? It like, was adorable, yeah.
0: but mouse lousy. Lousy. Um, they're hard to fence, they like to climb vehicles, like they'll put dents in things you own and they like to chew, but they're a good time.
1: It sounds like my cheese <laughs> being like ten my- bucks may be the better yeah. alternative.
0: Um, do you like paying for things with cash or credit? I'll go first. My wife buys everything on credit card. We were having this conversation the other day because of the points. And Same here. as long as you pay it off every month, which is a huge caveat because to your point about credit score, you have to. Um, why wouldn't you get points because Interact has a fee credit card doesn't except for the once yearly fee and the points accumulate fast. If you just make that decision then you're going to use it for everything.
2: I'm in the exact same boat. I love the points. Yeah. I don't use cash for
0: much. Um, what do you spend your fun money on? Sylvia?
2: I
1: love clothes so much and I love to travel but I love I'm a big thrift shopper so if I can go and like consignment shop or find really cool pieces or like find local stores that I really love and find some fun investment pieces I love shopping but I also love to travel I hate flying but I like when I get there Mm. to go have a new experience so yeah my fun money's on clothes shoes in particular are kind of my Achilles heel
2: Uh, travel for now it's kind of where our money's going Seeing things, doing things, Um, that's kind of always what we wanted to spend our money on. We just couldn't. So now we're going to spend the next couple of years spending it on seeing the world and doing cool things while we're places.
0: Um, Are you more of the uh, stay in a high-end place but get groceries and kind of stay close to home or do you stay in a more budgety option but have more money to go out and get turnt?
2: Dep- I don't uh, turn up, don't do too much uh, getting turned. Um, but it just depends on if it's the first time I've been somewhere, second time I've been somewhere, if breakfast is included in the hotel, I'll always try to make sure that that's something that's available. but I I mean I don't need a big bougie. I, we try not to spend too much time at our hotel, so I find it kind of hard to justify spending a lot of big bucks in certain places. I like good customer service and it needs to have a gym and breakfast included. But other than that,
0: but do you want to go to the hottest new restaurant in town or do you want to go to the museum of civilization? Like what do you spend your money on when you're there?
2: Um, well we are eaters. So like I do like to have good food, but like it doesn't have to be the most expensive. Just like it can be a truck. Like we do our research on our food. places that we're going to eat. Um, But it's literally everything right now. Like, I'm extremely lucky to be able to do it, but we want to see and do everything we possibly can. Um, But I'm not opposed to doing like the city passes. And like, I still try to save my money when I'm there and wherever we choose to go. Um, What about you? Oh, sorry.
0: I would say I'm so desperate for uh, my roommates to play music that that is an area that I don't skimp on. I really wanted them to. Uh, find the joy of music because it's something that you do in your life strictly for fun. You're not trying to make a living from it. You can do it by yourself. You can do it with others. It feels good, and it's something you'll have your whole life. Uh, neither of them was particularly interested, so I started just buying instruments that they had to step over to get into the room, like, oh, <laughs> the banjo uh, that I tripped over, Dad, like, oh, is, what's that doing there? Um, and it kind of worked. Um, so now, uh, I buy instruments and patch cords and straps and picks and anything that will encourage this. So uh, Carol has a bass now, and we have family band practice every Sunday night. Indigo plays keyboard, and Suge plays guitar, and I play drums. And uh, it's coming together. Yeah, it's, Are we going to have
1: an album drop?
0: I don't know. It's, again, strictly for joy. Do you yeah. have a name? Do you uh, guys we have don't, a band name? We don't have a oh. band name yet. Um, the girls had a, a duo called Suge Indigo, Um, for a while, uh, which they plow. Um, they're really good. Um, so that's something I have too many guitars and, um, uh, have spent too much on those. I also uh, like to spend money on my wife.
2: I think I know the answer to this question for you guys. So, uh, would you rather invest in real estate or experiences? this is kind of a mean question, Sylvia. I...
1: In fairness, I wrote this and the minute it came out of my fingers, I was like, but this came from the internet. Mm. I did put it here. It is very pointed, I guess, given the conversation we've been having. But I'm, I mean, I think we know the
2: answer. For now, I'd rather spend it on experiences. But I know at some point the smartest decision for long term for us in terms of a retirement plan, given the work that we do, real estate will be the smartest decision to invest in. But for now it's experiences.
0: I had two epiphanies recently that have served me in my decision making. One is you don't have to buy in a place where you live. If the market's hot in Moncton, buy a fourplex in Moncton, set it and forget it and let the rents carry it. All you need as a first time home buyer is 5% down. Um, So it's not fun, it's really practical, it's not a sexy spur of the moment, let's go to Paris tonight kind of decision. Mm But in the sunset twilight of life, these are the decisions that you made <laughs> early on. I'm so on scared. That you'll be. <laughs> <laughs> it won't be funny when I get T boned on the high one. Oh, no, no. And this was the last thing <laughs> I, I ever did. you talking on his head. Oh, um, my In the twilight of life, those are the decisions that you'll be so happy you did. Yeah. Um, because the second epiphany was working for a living is cool. Not working for a living is super Google. cool. <laughs> yes. So but if you, you, you can take some of the nuggets that you've made and plant seeds to mix a metaphor that will kind of grow over time that those are the decisions that i made to a degree, but I wish I'd started even earlier.
2: When did you bu- purchase your first like investment home? or your first investment? I was
0: nineteen and I bought an apple farm in the Annapolis Valley with my street sense money.
2: I was really hopeful that you were going to be like, oh, I was thirty-four, and I'd be like, I have another year. Well, I'll I'm- tell you, it
0: was seventy-five thousand dollars, and it was seventy-five acres, and it was a house that was built in eighteen seventy, and it was my little fortress of solitude in the world because I traveled a lot and had a lot of experiences, but this was my little anchor. That if the wheels came off the bus, I knew I could always go there. Um, so because, again, what I do for a living is kind of turbulent, I've always wanted to have the counterbalance of calm. And uh, just get in the stream is the advice I would give to someone. If you can't buy where you live, buy somewhere else. Um, because that is a tangible, practical, uncrypto like thing that will always be there, and it, it's not going down in value. It's very rare in an urban setting like Moncton, St. John, and Fredericton, all three of those places are in the top 10 places to buy in Canada right now. Having said that, because I made those decisions early on, I'm now in my golden years able to have the experiences that I always wanted to have while I'm still mobile for at least another few months. <laughs> <laughs> so I,
1: I'm calling our insurance I company get to go <laughs> right on after this.
0: I get to go on the good trips and do the fun things and have the nice dinners now.
2: With the stability.
0: Because I made those decisions early on. So they're not fun, but they do pay dividends and time goes by quickly. And before you know it, uh, you'll have paid down your mortgage. And then some of your rent can go towards, it's an unexpected revenue stream.
2: What about you? You just built a house. That's been a really fun experience. Yeah,
1: I would say that's not the experience. I wish I invested my energy into from a a financial perspective was an amazing investment now that we're through it but having had a year and a half of garbage thrown our way through this we're very lucky that we could invest the money into building this house and having it the way we want to and as a long-term investment we're really happy about it but it robbed us of a lot of joy and so um experiences are now really important. And even just yesterday, we've made the decision to explore a big trip in the summer. And the idea of going, hey, want to look at this or Google this? And it has nothing to do with our house and everything to do with bringing the joy back into our lives again has been really fun. So, Where are you going? I think we're going to go to Spain. So we've got to talk later.
0: Great.
2: Just going to need some time off. Yeah, I'm
1: going to need some time off. But I think like I'm really, as much as I live my life in trying to make sure we are, doing things within our means. We also have to refill our tank at this point. And I think we've invested our time and energy into the real estate part and it's time to have some fun. And I'd eventually love to build more of a real estate empire with like one more property. Um, But to be able to have that as another like mailbox money type of situation eventually. But right now I want to have some fun.
0: Both my parents were realtors. So this is actually my hobby and a a way that I enjoy passing the time. Just yesterday I was looking at um, places in Cornwall, England, because that's where my dad was from. Um, We're looking at Palm Springs um, because it's an affordable part of California without all the biblical fires and floods and all that stuff. Um, So it's, it's actually a hobby in addition to something that I think is a smart way to spend your money.
1: Amazing.
2: You do you know your credit score? I do. I'm proud you of You do? I do. I I've, I've been working at listen, my credit score was like non-existent. It was like 525 when I came out of my debt. Like
0: I, I don't even know 525 out of what. And, I don't know as, what it's supposed well, that, to be.
2: 8 or 900? 900 is the the top of the score that you So get. that's good. 900, well, no, 900 is like exception, Bad. exceptionally Great. good. Yeah. Exceptionally good. Bad,
0: like in the Michael Jackson way, like that's awesome. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: 900 is like exceptionally good. Um, but yeah, so 525, no. Like not even on the radar of, of what good is. Um, but I, like that's like past fo- phone bills that we didn't pay so that we could pay rent and like, It's kind of a – this is why I don't really like credit scores is that typically the things that impact your credit are the things that you would let go before you'd ever not pay for a roof over your head. So like for instance, when we couldn't pay rent, both of us dropped our cell phone bills so we weren't paying them and I had to let my cell phone bill go into arrears because I was in a contract and I just couldn't afford to pay it. But I either paid my cell phone bill or I paid my rent and I paid my rent. But that doesn't count towards your – Credit score, rental payments don't, but you're not paying your cell phone bill does. So then when you're becoming an adult and things are changing and you go to, you know, look into a mortgage, well, that cell phone bill that you allowed to go into arrears because you made the adult decision to pay your rent over your cell phone bill comes back to kind of like haunt you, which is what we had the conversation about. So. Um but yeah, I, I worked my credit score back up. I I think I just hit seven forty seven the other day. Nice. I'm pretty nice. proud. I'm Out pretty of nine
0: hundred for anyone listening that doesn't know. I'm to-
2: pretty proud of that. And that's like a I I think on the scale that's like considered good, very good. Um and we've been working Scots up. But yeah, I keep an eye on it. I like I I use an, an app that kind of gives me updates. It'll be like, hey. Good for you. Your score's hit an all time high, and it sends you like these little celebratory emails. That's fun. Yeah. it's. I, I, I want to
0: hate Good For You app.
2: Same. I think I, think I thought it was going to take a lot more than it did for me to get my credit score to where it is. And like, mind you, this has been five years of me like busting my butt to like get it to this. And I still have like this fear. Like when I went in to get my Jeep, I was like, I'm not going to get it. Like, they're not going to sign it. am not going to know about the cell phone (laughs) bill. They're going to look at at it. And like, obviously they can see that stuff. But at the same time, like I've worked really hard to get it up there. And like the first thing that my, and I'll never forget this. The first thing that the gentleman at the dealership said to me was like, wow, you've had a really impressive increase of your credit score. And I could have cried when he said that because I was like, I've, worked so hard for that and like that might be scary for some people who are looking to loan you money to see like how low it was to like where i got it but he was just so kind about it that like that's the first time somebody had ever looked at that and said like good for you like you you did really good with that but yeah and by the way
0: good luck finding anyone who comes in to apply for anything that doesn't have a couple of bumps like i think if if the thing that you take away from this is it's okay and what your situation is today doesn't have to be what your situation is mm-hmm. in Absolutely. six weeks or several months or next year. Like, chip away at it.
2: Yeah, And it's also just like a friendly reminder that, that sometimes you have to – like, I had to accumulate that debt with the comp- that phone company. I had to or else I wouldn't have been able to pay for my rent. And it is what it is. And was it at the time? Yeah, it was awful. But at the same time, that's what had to happen regardless of how – crappy it was and then now I'm working with a brand deal with that brand and that cell phone company and they Mm. pay my cell phone bill so it's like cut the iron like how the world kind of has flung around but I just remember the shame that I felt but why do I feel shame giving something up so that i can keep a roof over my head like why do i feel shame making a decision that was the right decision for well me there's that no time? other decision in no that there's situation. no other but you just feel because you know it's like it's in arrears and the people who call you are not nice and it's just like such a situation but then at the end of the day i look back and i would never change that decision that was the right decision to make so as
0: i always say you can't live in your phone bro yeah,
2: that's right you know what um, i mean yeah. do you know your credit score
0: No, no idea. Carol tells me it's good, like ours is good, but I'm just riding on her coattails.
1: Excellent. I had terrible credit when I was younger because, again, no one talked about money in my house, so I had no idea on paying off your whole credit card bill was not a thing I used to do in the past. Even if I could, I didn't always do it because I thought, oh, that money should stay in my bank account where it's safe. So I had terrible credit when I was younger, made some awful financial choices when I was younger, and then built it back up. So when we went to go get our mortgage the first time. And I was told I had excellent credit. I had the same feeling of like, I could have cried. I thought for sure, someone's gonna have to co sign do something. And now I can happily walk into a financial institution and know my credit score is not holding me back. But that also came with lots of hard work. I also don't know how long it took because I was <laughs> oblivious to it, and there's no app at the time I was doing that. But yeah, definitely worked my way back up again to excellent. I like a gold star. So I really <laughs> liked getting that one. I live
0: in fear that I'm going to be audited, and people are going to point out that I've been paying for myheritage.com since the early 2000s. And, <laughs> but there are so many charges that I don't even, I'm not even aware of. Like in that sense, my credit score should be zero.
1: Right. But you're paying the bills. So, so it's great. Yeah. Right. yeah. I,
0: I am your street giving credit money score away. is
1: zero in those instances, not necessarily. Um, the okay.
0: One. Uh, one last question before we get to the speed round. Yeah. Um, Are you a spender or saver by nature? Alicia, I think you touched on this earlier.
2: I think I touched on this the entire time. I am a spender. I I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but it is who I am. And I know that my spending money has led to a a lot of really good experiences and a lot of really good things for me and my family and my friends. So I'm going to continue to spend until I can't. And I'll have Scott on my shoulder telling me what I shouldn't.
0: What's he saving for?
2: Who the hell knows? But it works well for us. We're on the drastic, those three things, well, except for kids, we both were very much no on children. But when it comes to like our social life and money, we're on the drastic opposite sides. We just work so well together that we're able to find that like proper middle ground, which allows us to both be happy, but have money in our bank account. I
0: guess if you were both on the party train, that would be bad (laughs) news too, right?
2: Yeah. Like I don't,
0: it just. Jeeps for everyone. Yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Real. Yeah. No, he he's he's cheaper to a fault. Like he is. He misses out. Like has definitely missed out on things because he wouldn't spend the money on it. Whereas I'm like, fast pass, give me one. Yeah. And then we'll be places and we'll get them and he'll be like, this is the coolest thing ever. And I was like, you didn't want me to spend money on it, but it was well worth the money being spent. So I'm like the bad friend that tells nudge[s] him into those spaces, and he's like the good friend that's like, okay, girl, chill.
0: Yes. Sylvia, spender or a saver?
2: My inherent nature is to be a spender.
1: As a kid, my dad always said I had a hole in my pocket. I'd get five bucks and it would have a place to go immediately. Getting married was actually the thing that changed that when we had to plan our wedding budget. And I saw where every dollar was going and how much it costs to feed a person at your wedding. So when I started falling in love with spreadsheets and tracking my money in that way, I became a lot more mindful about where my money was actually going. And I feel like the less money I had, the more money I wanted to spend it. And then the more money I started making in my life, the less inclined I was to spend it. So I like to live my life to splurge on the things that I want, but like the, my insides are like, spend all of your money all the time. But I have negotiated with myself to not do that Mm. and spend when I know it counts or if it's something that makes me really happy, or if I've been thinking about something for a long time and going, okay, I saw that thing in a store. It's been on my mind then I'll probably go back and get it. But then I also bought this $8 brooch that has brought me a lot of joy. So like sometimes I just spend. I want to spend always. But well, I
0: don't. And with clothes, the more you spend on something, the more you wear it, the price per wearing goes down. Yeah. So uh, Carol calls those statement pieces or investment pieces. If mm-hmm. you buy a beautiful sweater that's $800, but you wear it 800 times, yeah. that is actually an economical approach to yeah. Uh, we were wearing having clothes. this
2: conversation earlier.
0: Also, you get what you pay for. Big time. And things that aren't as good quality will fall apart faster. What about you? I am a spender uh, with a side salad of saving. I
2: like that.
0: Especially when you have like roommates who are expensive and need things and are in activities. and ugh. Yeah. Um, and probably want to go to higher education ugh. or gonna need to stay somewhere, like all God. that stuff. Save for that stuff. But we are more apt to do uh, like fun from concentrate. We're going to New York tomorrow for 24 hours and we're staying in a nice place and we'll have nice food and then we'll come back. So we're not going for 3 weeks. Yeah. But we're going to blow the roof off the place for 1 day. Awesome. And that's kind of our style. That's cool. really cool. Burn the place to the ground. Seniors discounts? Is that how you're go. going
1: out of this <laughs> world? Is this <laughs> I know. You're I so alluded to that a lot. I know. <laughs> okay.
2: I'm
0: worried. Hey, want to know where I got this sweater? Okay, I know you can't see it, but trust me, it looks incredible on me. More importantly, it's from one of my favorite local small businesses, and one of the best parts about shopping local is that not only do I look exquisite, but I also know that for every 100 bucks I spend, 68 of it stays local. Credit unions also love to support local businesses, because for every dollar spent at them, it creates two to four times more jobs and economic benefits than if I was to shop big box. So next time you're about to shop, think local, will ya? And if you're dreaming of becoming a business owner yourself, why not take those dreams right on into a credit union? They can turn them into reality. I've seen it happen.
2: Okay, so for this season, we're actually doing something fun at the end of each episode. Great. We're going to be doing a speed round of four questions that we're going to ask all of our guests to keep it kind of consistent. Love it. Um, Okay, are you ready? Yeah. We're just going to go through it. Yeah. All three of us? Yeah, we'll like all answer. answer. Yeah. Okay. I'll go first. What is the Pass. best <laughs> What is the best thing you've ever spent money on?
0: Time. Buying uh people's time to do things that I don't want to do that I'm not good at to okay. get time back at this stage I of like my that. life.
2: I like okay. that a lot.
1: Same. I have someone who cleans my house, but it's time that we get to spend together as a family. It's time that I don't have to do that. And I work from home and so does my husband. And it is one of the best things ever because now on a Saturday, we can go walk our dog and not think about all the chores we have to do. And I love that that frees up my headspace and a thing that I don't love to do. And you employ
2: someone who is a hardworking person in your community. And I love it. How about you? Um, paying off my sister's debt.
0: Yeah. Oh, that was that probably
2: was... the best. Now we're going to Disneyland in a few weeks and I might have to change my mind on that. But I think that's definitely, they're like planning for their second child. And I know that that has a lot to do with what's involved so with the So basically, I, I basically I <laughs> well they don't we're, we're she's going to Disneyland with us, and I told her she would not be pregnant while we were in Disneyland.
0: Oh, because you want her to be like that, turned upside I down and stuff. would
2: like her to you know get lit. We were talking about that. Yeah. earlier. she can't do that if she's pregnant. Um, so yeah, so I basically just paid for my next niece or nephew, which is kind of cool. Like just to be able to say that I helped them be able to like afford to do that. So that I think that's the, the
0: awesome. best thing I've ever spent awesome. money on. What's the worst thing you've ever spent your money on? Alicia.
2: Ooh, I don't know.
0: Some speed round this turned out to I be. know I know. That's
2: too <laughs> hard of a <laughs> question. Sylvia,
0: you go first and then Alicia can think about it.
2: Every piece of
1: overpriced athletic wear when I was in <sighs> university and had no money and I'd go to the bar and be like, I have $3 left in my bank account. Thank God it's Toonie Tuesday. And I just was wearing expensive yoga pants and couldn't afford proper meals.
0: Mm.
2: This is going to be a really horrible answer, and this is not to deter anybody else from post-secondary education, but my money that I spent on university was probably the worst money spent. Knowing what
0: you know now.
2: Well, and and I don't even know if it's knowing what I – yeah, I guess obviously knowing what I know now, but it's not that the money – I made the decision too quickly with not enough – knowledge of what I wanted to do. So the money that I spent on my three years of university, not knowing who I wanted to be or what I wanted to do was not money well spent that could have been spent in other places. Hmm. So, um, not the right decision for me and a lot of money to be spending when you don't know who you are
0: yet. I was thinking about this recently and, uh, it's, it's a very natural instinct to regret things that you did once new information becomes available. Like at your, um, where you're at in life right now, it would be very easy to go, man, I shouldn't have done that. What a waste of money. But at the time, you're probably just sort of trying to find your way the best you could.
2: Yeah, I think there was a lot of social pressure on the other side of things that you needed to go to university and you need, and I think that I, I wish I would have stood my ground a little bit harder then and said like, I don't even know who I am yet. I need to figure this out before I spend thousands of dollars. And I need to shout my mother out. They paid for part of that too. So where's money they and I both spent? (laughs) My Um, mom.
0: Worst thing I ever spent money on is is also kind of, in a way, the best. I started in my career younger than a lot of my friends. A lot of my friends were going to university at the time when I was doing okay in my early 20s, and I always felt like, should we not go out for dinner or go to the bar because uh, people don't have the means? I'd rather just go. So I spent a lot of money on restaurants and uh, going out at night um, back in the flapper days, the 1920s, uh, when... It was money that I I kind of will never see again. Don't really regret it, but spent a lot of money that way. That probably wasn't super smart. Have you ever lied about how much money you have or don't? Yes. Yes. Really? Yeah.
2: There's a lot of judgment that comes with having money and and not having money. Uh, We purposely lied about how much money we didn't have when we didn't want to ask people for support or help or... And then I think I purposely leave out how much money I do have now because I don't, I don't want the judgment that comes way. along with having it. Or I know how much I have, I know how much I donate, I know how much I spend on experiences and money. And I think that there, as much as I love that we talk about money and want to talk about, it, I think that the right places to talk about money are is how much you're earning, so that other people can be earning what they deserve. Like, I think that those are open conversations, but I don't think I have to necessarily tell you how much is in my bank account.
0: I, I just generally think how much or how little you have or paid for something uh, is not really interesting. Yeah. If someone's like, "I this was 1200 bucks for these shoes, or I got them for four,
1: okay? See, I think it's interesting when you got them for four, tell me everything. <laughs> I don't – if you want to spend $1,200 on shoes, I love that for you. I also love a good deal, so I want to know. But I also think in Alicia's – to Alicia's point too, I have lied so many times about how much – not that people are saying to me, give me your bank statement who are not in a setting to be asking that of you. But I do find that if you are someone who – like you started working earlier than your friends, so you had more money than your friends or you had – a fast track into something, I just think there's so much judgment about it. I remember being told one time, oh, that person doesn't like working with you because of the car you drive. And I wasn't driving anything crazy. It just was a new car. Well, how can you not like working with me when I have a new car? We have one car. We have a two-person... income household. That is the car that we drive because we both use it. But you don't like working with me because of the kind of car that I drive. Wow. So that really stung because it felt like such a judgment on who I was. And I was really <laughs> proud to have that car.
0: I thought you were going to say stunk. And I was so excited.
1: That <laughs> can, really stung, I, can I read you know? you? It just really stunk.
2: It did stink. I was really I felt so judged. But by it's that. in the
0: past now. So it's stunk.
2: Stunk. Yeah, i have also lied about how much things cost now. Because I also don't want people to feel guilty. For oh, so things. you'll say
0: it cost less than it actually did. Oh, interesting.
2: Yeah, I'm only just because I don't like I don't want to. I also don't want you to to, to listen to you try to justify why it didn't cost that much or why you don't deserve something that that that's that expensive. Like, if I made the decision to purchase you something, it's because I think you deserve it and because I think it, my money is, it's worth spending on you. I don't want to tell you how much it costs because I don't want to listen to you try to undervalue your worth.
0: That's very East Coast though, right? Someone says, I like your shirt and you have to say like, oh, I found it in a dumpster. (laughs) Yeah. Because if you say thank you, (laughs) that's showing off. Uh, What's the best tip about money you could share with someone? Great place to end this thing.
2: Um, Start talking about it now with anybody and everybody that you can. Um, And it is never too late to get yourself out of debt. It's never too late to start that process. Uh, And I just think that that process started for me because I started talking to somebody about it. And I know it seems intimidating and I know it seems shameful, but there are quite literal experts that know what they're talking about when it comes to this and having a conversation around it will make you feel a whole lot better about it and will make getting out of debt a lot easier.
0: Sylvia? Sylvia?
2: If you own
1: your own business, incorporate yourself. I avoided incorporating my small business for a long time because I thought it was more expensive. (laughs) Yeah, she's raising her hand. It does so much for you. It's not actually that expensive to get incorporated, and you will save money on your taxes. It does other things for you in terms of write-offs and things. But it seemed to me like I'm not a a corporation. Why would I incorporate? That word was really scary. And the uh, sub-B part to that answer is if you have – tax questions called the CRA. They're actually really nice. There was a guy with his cat meowing in the background the other day. We had a lovely chat about cats. Like They actually want to help you, but they want to help you when you are willing to have the conversation about that. They don't like calling you and tracking you down, but if you actually call and have a conversation about questions or payment plans or whatever, from student loans up until this point in my life, I've actually always found the CRA to be a really good source of support and help.
0: True, by the way. And if you owe a lot of money to CRA, for example, the instinct is to hide and not answer your phone, it's better to just bite the bullet and call them and say, this is the situation, this is the reality of it. I can pay $3 a month till I die <laughs> two weeks from now. And more often than not, they will <laughs> work with you on that stuff. I am uh, uh, well documented in this past hour or so talking about how uh, I think real estate is a great uh, lifeline and long-term Game, So I'm not going to use this question to share that tip about money. I'm going to share this classic gem from my father-in-law who said, he drops a lot of wisdom on me, don't buy junk, sell junk.
1: I like it.
0: It's a great piece of advice um, because uh, I am a bit of a deal searcher as well. And more often than not, if it is too good to be true, it is too good to be true.
1: Absolutely. Thank you. This was really fun. Super fun. And... A great kickoff to what's going to be a wonderful season with some really cool guests who are going
2: to jam about money with us as well.
0: So tell me, who is coming up this season on Your Two Cents, the podcast?
2: Sarah Landry, the bird's papaya. Wow. She was on season one. Yeah. So we're bringing her back to have a different conversation. You landed a whale
0: in poker terms. That's a big guest. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So she's coming back. I'm excited to be a part of that conversation too. And Yeah. It's going to be a fun one. We have Nathan McIntosh. He's the comedian that
1: Jonathan and I have worked with a bunch. But he just released an album called Money Never Talks. And it's all about how he grew up without money. And he's done a comedy special about it. He was just on Fallon talking about money. So he's going to sit down and talk with us too.
0: Super funny. He was talking about living in New York and how he can hear rats running in the ceiling above him living a better life than he is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to talk about him. We have Coupon Cutie Canada. Speaking of loving the deals at the grocery store, she's going to
2: give us her wisdom on Stretching your grocery budget, great. Yeah, and oh, fingers crossed, we're gonna work, make our schedules work. by Caitlin Bristow, oh wow, um, and just to have a conversation about building businesses and and you know, also running a full career and and what that looks like behind the scenes, and, and pivoting we'll in drink, your life. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll get to drink wine. I, right? I, I hope so too. To. She Me is too. someone
0: who um uh, I've worked with Jenny McCarthy quite a bit over the years. Who when her TV show is canceled, she writes a book. When the book leaves the bestseller list, she starts a radio show. When the radio show gets canceled, she finds another TV show. I see Caitlin kind of in the same realm, who had a moment in the sun and has parlayed that into she's an built empire. It. Big time. She's, she's built a phenomenal the guest. Pivot. For the pivot.
1: Yeah, I think yeah. the pivot financially is going to be super cool.
2: She's just hilarious and down to earth. And I got to be on her podcast last year, which was like, Made me famous among my friends, so I'm excited to have her on to
0: to and talk money. Best of all, she's Canadian. Totally,
2: yeah. and we're going to talk to people about collecting stuff,
1: which I am super pumped about because I had a sick Beanie Baby collection back in the day, and I earned $0 off of it, so I can't wait to talk to people about things they've collected and if they're in the same boat or if they've made mad money off of these I things. I think people
0: hide behind... Collecting things because they want to as an investment. Right. At my age, you know what I collect? Dust. Dust. <laughs> Let's get out of here. <laughs>